This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, November 11th. I'm Matt Hoish. In today's headlines, EPA discusses extended tailings removal work, CDPHE vaccine bus visits Telluride, a theater update with Fenton Cole, and a mountain weather forecast. For the last several months, trucks have been driving back and forth from the valley floor to the east end of Telluride. Those trucks are transporting mine tailings to the Idorado Repository as part of a time-sensitive removal action by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency to clean up an area on the valley floor with high levels of lead and arsenic. Originally supposed to last a couple weeks, the trucking is now slated to continue into later next year. That certainly was a little bit disappointing for us because we know that there were a lot of sensitivities around uh, hauling through town and things like that. And so we do have to report that, but we are committed to complete the work you know, in a safe and effective manner. That's Joni Sandoval, on-scene coordinator for the project. Originally, the EPA estimated there were about 30,000 cubic yards of tailings to haul. That was based on samples taken by the Idorado Mining Company that indicated an average depth of four feet of tailings. But Sandoval says, while working on the site, the team found areas of tailings as deep as six feet or more. So that makes quite a difference in, in the volumes uh, that we're finding versus you know what, what we kind of expected coming in. Now, the EPA estimates there are about 45,000 cubic yards of tailings, 50% more than they originally thought. They've stopped hauling for now and anticipate up to two more months of hauling later next year after winter. Our goal is is late spring, but uh, we'll just have to see how much snow we get and kind of what the weather conditions are in in early spring. And, And we'll certainly give more information over the winter as we sort of make more concrete decisions. Similar to this year, Sandoval anticipates trails will remain open but have to be rerouted around the work zone. There may also be reroutes over the winter, but since the soil will be covered in snow, Sandoval also anticipates there will be much more access than over the summer. When it comes to the underestimate of how much tailings there are, Sandoval explains there's a trade-off between spending more time on an assessment and jumping in for a quicker removal. The Valley Floor site, she says, warranted quicker action. You know, I'm not sure that spending more time on a more robust or thorough assessment Uh, this year would have been necessarily helpful. We would have spent more money. We would have certainly delayed the cleanup. And based on the action levels, you know, that that we have and the the levels of the lead and arsenic in the tailings, we didn't really feel like, you know, that would really add to anything. Throughout the work so far, Sandoval says there have been no health or safety issues for the workers or the public on the site, and dust suppression to prevent contamination has worked. Beyond next year's hauling, Sandoval explains there will also be about six weeks of restoration and revegetation. So, she says, the EPA could be wrapping up the tailings work into fall 2022. The EPA is also looking into another tailings area, just west of Society Turn near Lawson Hill. That site also has high levels of lead and arsenic. The upper limit of safe levels of arsenic in residential areas is 10 parts per million, Samples from the site showed levels as high as 1,600 parts per million. For lead, the upper limit is 400 parts per million, 
Samples from the site showed levels as high as 10,000 parts per million. Those are pretty high levels and unsafe levels. And so um, we definitely plan to try to do a removal action next year. Sandoval says she plans for further conversations with the community as the EPA prepares for that mine tailings removal near Lawson Hill. You wouldn't notice it from just looking at him, but Jorn Ryman just got vaccinated. The Pfizer vaccine was recently approved for 5 to 11-year-olds, and 10-year-old Ryman got a shot. He says it felt like nothing. I think it's going to be safer for me after I'm completely vaccinated and hope so so then sooner or later we don't have to wear masks anymore. Ryman is one of several young ones getting a jab in the Carhenge parking lot on an overcast Tuesday afternoon in Telluride. Julie Bain is also here with her 10-year-old Griffin. She says when she found out federal regulators approved the pediatric shots, she was happy, but also a little nervous because of how quickly she thinks it all happened. Still, she decided to get her kid vaccinated. Well, I feel like it's the right thing to do. You know, just because you're nervous, you can't opt out. To me, it's very humbling. And when I say humbling, because this is part of history. We're going to look back on this and say we were part of something that was really big, and we made a difference. Kevin Evans is the team lead for the crew giving the shots. They're with the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, traveling on a bus around the western slope, administering free COVID and flu vaccines. He's in charge of logistics and administrative issues, like supplies and making sure they have places to stay where they go. The whole team, he says, is excited. You know, this is how we get better. This is how we move the pendulum forward, is getting the kids vaccinated, the parents are vaccinated. So now you have a whole family who's vaccinated. Ariel Cochran is a paramedic giving the pediatric vaccines. Surprisingly, she says the kids have been pretty cooperative. We've had very few issues or kids that were just not here for it, which has been really nice. Like they're just like, yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. Let's do this. Cochran also has techniques for helping kids get shots. One of my favorite things to do is to uh, like count it down with them. Like this, this, this period of time you're going to focus and all I'm doing is cleaning. And then this next count of three, it's all going to be over. And setting those expectations for the most part, my kids just sit and chill and they know exactly what to expect. Um, also distracting with like band-aids and candy and stuff all, never hurts. Mostly, she explains, the team has been giving pediatric and booster shots. But there have also been a handful of older people coming for their first vaccine. And she says that can be hard. Because a lot of people that are coming in for their first rounds now are people who have personal uh, connections to somebody who is currently fighting COVID or who has recently died from COVID, like personal family connections. And um, it's just like that has been one of the tougher aspects of this is them coming in feeling embarrassed and feeling like, you know, maybe they didn't see the writing on the wall. And then now they're like, I don't know why this is when I'm getting my first, but this just happened. And we're just like, no, we, we don't mind that, this is, that you're just now doing this. We're glad that you're here. Sorry that that happened to you and that COVID affected you that way. Um, so in, anybody that's like in that weird limbo, I definitely encourage, don't let it dissuade you. Don't think that we're going to look sideways at you. We're just really glad that people are coming out for this. On top of the CDPHE vaccine bus, there will still be other chances to get first time and booster shots. Head to sanmiguelcountyco.gov and click on the COVID tab for more information about upcoming vaccine opportunities, including clinics in Telluride on Wednesday, November 16th, and in Norwood on Thursday, November 18th, focused on shots for 5 to 11-year-olds.
You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. A girl goes to live with a polar bear, only to discover he's a bewitched prince and fall in love with him. Such is the scene that sets the stage for East of the Sun and West of the Moon. The latest theatrical experience being put on by the Telluride Middle High School Performing Arts Department. In a special theater update, Telluride High School and member of the cast, Fenton Cole, talks with director Angela Watkins about the production. Have a listen. Look at my eyes, man. You can't touch this. This is Fenton Cole reporting with East of the Sun and West of the Moon with Angela Watkins. Miss Miss Watkins, when are the show when are we gonna have shows? The play takes place this weekend, Friday and Saturday night at seven PM and Sunday afternoon at two PM at the Palm Theater. What are some notable parts for the play? This is a great story about courage and adventure and to find true love. Will there be a mask mandate for the play? Yes, we're following the recent COVID mandates and the audience is required to be masked. Thank you, Miss Angela, for reporting on East of the Sun and West of the Moon. I'm Fenton Cole reporting live from Telluride High School and we will see you next week. The Ridgeway Independent Film Festival returns in person this weekend. Filmmakers from across the region and the world will showcase their short films. Submissions are 20 minutes or less, and a panel of five judges will select award winners, along with an Audience Choice Award selected each evening. The 2021 Ridgeway Independent Film Festival will take place Friday, November 12th, and Saturday, November 13th at the Sherbino Theatre. The festival runs each night from 6 to 9 p.m., with doors opening at 5.30 p.m. Proof of COVID vaccination is required, and masks are strongly encouraged. A black-footed ferret found its way into a garage in Pueblo on Monday. The endangered ferret is the rarest mammal in North America. Colorado Parks and Wildlife has been releasing black-footed ferrets on a nearby ranch as part of a conservation effort with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and other partners to restore the species. Two weeks ago, nine ferrets were set free in a 1,600-acre prairie dog colony south of U.S. Highway 50. Prairie dogs are the ferret's primary source of food and shelter. A homeowner called CPW when he found one of the ferrets in his garage. CPW identified the ferret as one of the recently released ones and re-released it in the prairie dog colony. A conservation biologist with CPW says they don't know exactly why the ferret left the colony. The agency has only had one other report of a black-footed ferret leaving the ranch, and they've never heard of one entering a garage. Applications for the next president of Western Colorado University are open. Former school president Greg Salisbury stepped down in June of 2021 following controversial remarks made in relation to Black Lives Matter protests. Former Board of Trustees member Nancy Chisholm is serving as interim president. According to a statement put out by the school search committee, 
The next president will be a dynamic advocate and proven innovative leader capable of unifying and inspiring the school into its next era of success. Applications are due by January 5th. Colorado is preparing to spend $450 million of federal coronavirus relief money on a variety of behavioral health programs. KOTO's Scott Franz has more. The potential investments include a new $35 million mental health facility for children and dozens of clinics to help people with substance abuse disorders. Lawmakers got a long list of recommendations this week and are expected to start voting on the plan early next month. The work comes on the heels of the largest increase in overdose deaths during the past 20 years. That statistic led Lieutenant Governor Diane Primavera to say the state's behavioral health system was broken and in need of major reform. I'm Scott Franz at the state capitol. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low in the mid-20s. Friday should be sunny with a high in the mid-40s. Friday night, expect mostly clear skies with a low around 30 degrees. Saturday calls for sunny skies with a high near 50 degrees. Saturday night, expect partly cloudy skies with a low around freezing. This has been the news for Thursday, November 11th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. The Kodo News Team will be at a professional development conference later this week, so there will be no news on Friday, November 12th, and no rebroadcast on Saturday the 13th. We will be back with more news on Monday the 15th. And now, a personal commentary. Hi, I'm Tegan. Hi, I'm Hazel. Hi, I'm Thea. What do you call a running turkey? Fast food! (laughs) (laughs) We're here to tell you about the annual San Miguel County Turkey Trot on Thanksgiving morning, Thursday, November 25th. This free 5K fun run and walk is a holiday tradition for your whole family. Costumes are encouraged and dogs on a leash are welcome. The event is held down at Ilium Valley at the intersection of Ilium Road and Sunshine Mesa Road. Racers can check in between 9 a.m. and 9.25 a.m. to get a race bib. (laughs) A volunteer will check you in near the entrance of the parking area in front of the old Ilium Church Camp. Runners will begin the race at 9.30 a.m. and walkers will begin at 9.45 a.m. Registration is online this year. You can pre-register on San Miguel County website, www.sanmiguelcountyco.gov slash turkeytrot. The registration deadline is Wednesday, November 24th by 2 p.m. Sorry, but we prefer no in-person registration on the morning of the race. Prizes will be awarded to the fastest female, fastest male, fastest child under age 12, and the best costume. Any questions, please call the Parks and Open Space Department at 970-729-1829. Or check the turkey trot information on the county website. Thanks, and we look forward to seeing you on Thanksgiving morning. Gobble, gobble! Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.